Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. It's Monday. Good morning. Good morning, February 20th, year of our Lord 2023. That's what I got on the on the dials here. As we're looking at our Bibles, they are open wide to another Psalm of Asaph. In fact, this might even be called a contemplation. It could be. It could be. <laughs> um, uh, or a mascal. Because we're looking at Psalm 78 today. Yes, we are looking at Psalm 78. It is the second longest Psalm in the Psalter. All right. So, of course, num- the longest. Wait, should we make this... A trivia question and put it out to our listeners. <laughs> what is the longest? What psalm? is the longest psalm in the Bible? Uh, and if you're the number three emailer, we have a special gift for you. No, we don't. No, don't don't believe him. We have no gift for you. Well, yeah, semi fabulous gifts. Uh, it, I it, actually can't afford fabulous gifts, but we occasionally I can come up with a semi fabulous. Yeah, gift. absolutely. If you're the third emailer, we will respond to you saying, "Good job. Good that, job. That'll be your gift." Anyway, it is the second longest psalm, so probably we should jump on. Tune into in it. tomorrow for the answer. So email today. <laughs> Psalm 78. Buckle up. This will be the only time this week we read the whole thing, though. I, th- I think probably we should just for, do it today. For, yeah. for time's sake. For time's sake. Okay. Throughout the rest of the week, we'll just pick out sections. Okay. But today, let's go ahead and read the whole thing. And I will be reading from the English Standard Version, a mascal of Asaph. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments." and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. The Ephraimites, armed with the bow, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them. In the sight of their fathers, he performed wonders in the land of Egypt and the fields of Zoan. He divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the water stand like a heap. In the daytime, he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a fiery light. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, "'Can God spread a table in the wilderness?' He struck the rock so that water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of wrath. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger rose against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust his saving power. Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. And he rained down on them manna to eat and gave them grain of heaven. Man ate of the bread of the angels. He sent them food in abundance. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens, and by his power he let out the south wind. He rained meat on them like dust, winged birds like the sand of the seas. He let them fall into the midst of their camp all around their dwellings. And they ate 
and were filled, for he gave them what they craved. But before they had satisfied their craving, while the food was still in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them, and he killed the strongest of them and laid low the young men of Israel. In spite of all this, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. So he made their days vanish like a breath and their years in terror. When he killed them, they sought him. They repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock, the most high God, their redeemer. But they flattered him with their mouths. They lied to him with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he, being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not stir up all his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. They tested God again and again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power or the day when he redeemed them from the foe, when he performed his signs in Egypt and his marvels in the fields of Zoan. He turned their rivers to blood so that they could not drink of their streams. He sent among them swarms of flies, which devoured them, and frogs, which destroyed them. He gave their crops to the destroying locust and the fruit of their labor to the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamores with frost. He gave over their cattle to the hail and their flocks to thunderbolts. He let loose on them his burning anger, wrath, indignation, and distress, a company of destroying angels. He made a path for his anger. He did not spare them from death, but gave their lives over to plague. He struck down every firstborn in Egypt, the firstfruits of their strength in the tents of Ham. Then he led out his people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them in safety so that they were not afraid. But the sea overwhelmed their enemies, and he brought them to his holy land, to the mountain which his right hand had won. He drove out nations before them. He apportioned them for a possession and settled the tribes of Israel in their tents. Yet they tested and rebelled against the Most High God and did not keep his testimonies, but turned away and acted treacherously like their fathers. They twisted like a deceitful bow, for they provoked him to anger with their high places. They moved him to jealousy with their idols. When God heard, he was full of wrath, and he utterly rejected Israel. He forsook his dwelling at Shiloh, the tent where he dwelt among mankind, and delivered his power to captivity, his glory to the hand of the foe. He gave his people over to the sword and vented his wrath on his heritage. Fire devoured their young men, and their young women had no marriage song. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awoke as from sleep, like a strong man shouting because of wine. And he put his adversaries to rout. He put them to everlasting shame. He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. He built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth, which he has founded forever. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing ewes, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance, with upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with a skillful hand. Wow. So this is the second longest psalm in the book of Psalms. Mm -hmm. And there's an awful lot of history in this psalm. I know we've kind of talked about there being different genres of the psalms as we've gone along. Does this one get a nod as a historical psalm? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a historical... uh, mm. Record. Record. Okay. I, I, what's what's the word I want to use on that? It, a review, a historical review. All right. As it's taking a look at how 
um, God's people, how God worked with them. Uh, I like what Kidner calls this. He says this one could be subtitled from Zoan to Zion. From Zoan to, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you have here then is the psalmist, and it's framed in such a way that the people need to be told again, particularly the youth and the young ones, about the mighty deeds of God. And a great emphasis upon his deeds of deliverance in that 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 series of events that we call the Exodus. Yeah, all of the plagues uh, working on Egypt. It almost seems to me, though, that the the story is told in the psalm kind of in a reverse order, and that is that he recounts the the fathers who are being stiff necked and kind of their faithlessness in the wilderness as God's providing for them, and then he goes back from that to recount. All what they the plagues, forgotten. yeah. They look like what you look all what you forgot. Yeah, here, here's instead, how they said when you're reading the Exodus, you know, of course it's the plagues, and then you get into yeah. the faith, faithlessness in the wilderness. Yeah, here's how you acted. Here's what you should have remembered, so you wouldn't act that way. And then it gets to a discussion of a specific event mm-hmm. when uh, Eli and his boys Phineas and Hophni are not acting the way they're supposed to, and that's yeah. a representative of Israel as a nation, and God brings judgment. And then it gets to David. Right. <laughs> so we're, we, we've got this, a, a lot of this shift. In fact, it seems that this psalm is all pointing towards why is, why is God's temple in Zion? Why is it in Judah? And why is it David? Yeah. And it's because yeah. here's how things acted when it was in Ephraim. Here's how the people acted. And he, he's, he's highlighting, look, here's why God judges people. And here's why God chooses people. And here's why. Here's, in fact, probably, I think as just an individual psalm, I think I think this psalm is probably written between Assyria taking Israel captive uh-huh. and Babylon taking Judah captive. So I think this is probably a, a, a poetic way of explaining why is it that Israel got conquered and Judah was, yeah. was free and they survived the Assyrian mm-hmm. attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, in the arc that we're seeing in the Psalms, that whole story is then placed in context. Okay, okay, but now. <laughs> Judah's been taken. What are we supposed right, to do? Well, right. we hang on to David. I, I know yeah. we'll get into all of that more this week, but uh, that's that's kind of what's going on, I think, in the psalm as an individual psalm, and then also as it fits within the context of the psalms around it. So when it starts out with, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. Is is the I is this the psalmist talking about this, and I'm going to communicate in in dark sayings, or is this? Uh, do you see this as kind of being the the Lord, like the voice of the Lord, first person here? I, I think this is supposed to be the psalmist teaching, mm-hmm. and the reason why um, the ESV in verse three he says, "I'm going to utter dark sayings from old things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us." Okay, so I think we've got the teacher. Speaking, I, I want to teach you some things about God. Okay, and but but you've really highlighted something here because what I think is really interesting how this one begins is we've we've read Psalm after Psalm after Psalm where it begins, "Give ear, O Lord, mm-hmm. to my please. Mm-hmm. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer." And now yes. the psalmist says, "Give ear, O people." To what I'm about to tell you. I love that. It reminds us that there's a congregation gathers around for yeah. these psalms. Yes. Yeah. He says, I'm going to teach you some of these things. It's 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 dark sayings. It's riddles. It's parables. And what's interesting there, so you, you asked earlier about this being a historical psalm, and clearly it is, but at the same time, we see it as a wisdom 
psalm. Mm-hmm. And it starts off very much in the vein of Proverbs. In fact, that word for parable is the same word for proverb. Okay. So like if you go back to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 6, it's actually the same word that you find there. But also in Proverbs 1 and verse 6, you have the word riddles. Well, that's an, in ESV here. It says in, in Psalm 78... Dark sayings. Dark sayings. But it's the same word? Yeah, but it's the same word. And so we've got this thing that's very much just like Proverbs begins. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, here in Psalm 78, it begins with, we're going to pass it on to our kids. Well, how does Proverbs begin? Hear my son. Hear my son, that's right. Proverbs is about a father passing on to his children, Mm -hmm. his child, wisdom. And that's what we're seeing in Psalm 78. Here is wisdom. Here is teaching. It's going to be proverbs or parables. It's going to be riddles and dark sayings. But we're going to understand. We're going to look at the power of God. And we're supposed to pass this on to our kids. Wisdom passing on. And I, I know we don't have a whole lot of time to talk about that that part of it. Maybe tomorrow. But here, I just want to see. I think I think the most important part for us to see in this is so many of the Psalms begin with, Lord, we want you to hear our prayer. Mm-hmm. What this Psalm demonstrates is that if I want to turn to God and say, oh, Lord, hear my plea, I need to remember that God is turning to me and says, oh, son, hear my precepts. Hear my precepts. <laughs> you know, here's, hear, hear my wisdom. Teaching. I need to listen Sure. if I want God to listen to me. That's very good. I tell you what, let's uh, let's go ahead and have a prayer about this one, and I will dig more into it on tomorrow's episode. Also, we will answer today's trivia question. <laughs> what What's is the longest, the longest song? song? There it is. Go All on. right. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you that we could open up your word and, and to look at this psalm, to be mindful, Father, that we need to give ear to you, to your precepts, to your word, to your wisdom, to your truth. We are excited as we begin to look at this psalm. It, it is lengthy, Father, but it's full and recounting of your wonderful deeds and mighty works, and it thrills us to know that we can be your covenant people today through Jesus Christ. Please guide us in that. Help us to listen to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.